What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome back to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat the ins and outs of what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm your host, Shelly Metling, and with four angel babies myself and one rainbow baby here on earth, I have created a platform for you guys to share your stories. So sit back, relax, get ready to relate, laugh, and cry as we get real on what life is actually like after miscarriage in the 21st century. Hello, everyone. We have Christina Wood on today's episode. You guys are so excited to get to know a little bit more about her. She totally worked with my schedule this morning, so I just appreciate her so much for jumping on early. And Christina, I'm just going to throw it at you, so wherever you'd like. Oh, hi, Shelly. I thank you so much for even having me on. I feel like this is such a big deal for me. Like I've never done anything like this, so. I'm just really excited and happy that, you know, you accepted me to be on the show. So thank oh, you. Yeah, of course. I'm excited. Me too. Um, so I guess I'll start like where most women start really when they talk about their husbands, because he's obviously an important part of this. Um, <laughs> but so I met my husband about seven years ago on a dating website. It was called OkCupid. And I introduced, well, I actually messaged him first, which was kind of funny. And we talked about like our love for asparagus, which sounds so silly, but it's connected us. And pretty much like a few days later, we went on a date, yada, yada, it really just went from there. So we had moved in with each other after a few years, maybe like two years. And then we got engaged. We bought a house before we uh, got married because we wanted to, like, I came into some money and we wanted to put our money there and it just like worked out well. But, and then last June, so June 30th of 2018, we were married and, um, pretty much like when we got serious, when we started talking about wanting to have kids, my husband always said, like, I really want you to wait until you're 30. Um, he's three, three years older than me. So I'm 30, he's 33. And he said, let's just live our life up a little bit. You know, let's wait till you're 30. Because even though we had our wedding in June, we didn't go on our honeymoon until November because he owns his, he owns his own exterminating business. So the summer to go away is like nearly impossible. So we went away in November and my birthday, my 30th birthday was February. And I had given him a, like basically an ultimatum saying, you better throw me a big surprise 30th birthday party because I threw him one when he was 30. So he wanted me to basically enjoy my 30th birthday party, like not have to worry about not drinking or, or covering up anything, you know? So he said, wait till your birthday party and then we could start trying. So he surprised me with my birthday party in January to throw me off because like I said my birthday's in February so pretty much once we had the party I was like okay like let's go like at this point you know I had stopped birth control and had been uh, keeping track of my ovulation and everything like that so we started trying that month in January and we got pregnant in February so it was really amazing. I like couldn't believe that we got pregnant so quickly. And conveniently, this is like a big part of my story. Um, my best friend of all time, 
she called me a week before I got pregnant and she was pregnant. So we were both just, you know, so, so, so freaking excited that like best, best, best friends. We talk like all day, every day that we got pregnant within a week of each other. So our due dates are, well, she, you know, this will go on to be my story, but she went on, she went on to have a healthy pregnancy and I did not. And so her due date is actually November 7th. And my due date was November 11th, uh, 12th, 12th. So for like two months, we were just out of this moon. I had really no complications. You know, it was since it's first pregnancy, like most doctors, they'll wait till you're eight weeks pregnant to see you. So Allie is my best friend. She had went, like I said, a week or two before me. She kept on telling me how excited it was because she heard the heartbeat and, you know, she couldn't wait for me to go and have the same experience. So a few days before my appointment, I had like the slightest, slightest bit of spotting. I didn't really think like all that much of it because it was so, so light. And, but I still protocol, you know, first pregnancy, you freak out about everything. I think every pregnancy, you probably freak out about everything, but I called the doctor. The doctor saw me the next day. So now this is April 2nd of this year of 2019. So I go to the doctor. Um, I, my husband was running late. So I was so anxious. So I was like, just take me in the sonogram room anyway, by myself. So I'm by myself, you know, I'm in there with the tech and she's kind of walking me through everything. I know that the sonogram techs aren't really supposed to tell you a whole lot because the doctor's supposed to, but you know, she knew I was nervous. So she was just kind of walking me through it. And she basically said, so are you sure that you're eight weeks pregnant? And I said, yes, I'm actually pretty sure. Like everything is regular, my cycles, my ovulation, everything was regular. Um, so I know like based off of apps and everything that I have to be eight weeks pregnant. So she goes, well, the baby is measuring six weeks. And I was like, okay, like, what does that mean? Um, like no idea, you know, like you're so naive and you, not even naive. You just, if you've never been through it before, you really have no idea what everyone's talking about, you know? Mm -hmm. And again, I, w I was alone. I didn't have, my husband wouldn't have known either way, but I, I at least would have had the support <laughs> in the room. But so, um, she goes, okay, well your baby's measuring six weeks and I actually don't see a heartbeat. And I was like, okay, so like, where is it? <laughs> like, you know, I was like a lot of women, I was like, okay, so like, find it. Like, what do you mean you can't find a heartbeat? And, you know, she kept on saying she was sorry. And I was like, wait, what are you sorry for? I was so confused. I had no idea what was happening. Um, and then, you know, now my heart is like completely racing out of my chest. And I was like, what are you sorry for? Trying not to be rude to this lady, but I was so just out of my mind at this point. So she goes, don't worry, like the doctor will explain everything. So uh, they put me, instead of putting me in the waiting room, they put me right into, uh, a, you know, one of the medical rooms where the doctor would see you. And, you know, she's, the sonogram tech just had that face on her, you know, where she was like a sympathetic, like, or empathetic face where she just felt bad for me. And I am still trying to figure this out. So I'm sitting on the table by myself and I'm Googling like eight week baby measuring six week with no heartbeat. Like I literally had to Google it because I had no idea what was happening. And the first thing that comes up, you know, was the word miscarriage. And I was like, 
oh my God, I'm having a, like, I'm having a miscarriage right now. And again, my husband wasn't in the room. I was completely by myself. I start just hysterically crying. Um, and then the nurse comes in and she's like, oh, your husband's here. And I was like, oh, okay. So he walks in and he just sees me sobbing and he's like, oh shit, like this is not good. Um, and I'm just telling him what the sonogram tech told me, you know, and based off of all we had to go off of. And I'm like freaking out. I'm actually freaking out because I, I you don't, it's like one of those things, like everyone says, I hear it on your podcast. I hear it all the time that you, at least I was educated enough to know that miscarriages do happen. I've had a few friends that it happened to. And I know that it, I guess it's always a realistic expectation, but just like everyone, you never actually think it's going to happen to you. And especially it was really tough for me in my experience because my best friend went a week before and had quite the opposite experience. So the doctor comes in and she basically says, you know, this is not going to be a viable pregnancy. The baby has stopped growing. Uh, there's no heartbeat. You know, I know that you think you're eight weeks pregnant, but at, you know, basically at six weeks, this is kind of when it all came to a stop. And she said that I had a missed miscarriage, which I didn't even know what that term was until that time. Because most miscarriages you think of, like you just start bleeding and it comes naturally before you even get to the doctors. So mm -hmm. to, to think of a missed miscarriage, I, mean, I had no idea what that was. But she says you're having a missed miscarriage. You know, we're asking all these questions. And the craziest thing about it is just literally within a matter of minutes, you go from being on top of the world, you're excited to see your baby, you're ex all these thoughts and feelings are fluttering in, and you just go from being pregnant to not pregnant, you know, and I know that like your body is still actually pregnant, but you're not carrying a viable pregnancy. So that's like, that was just the trippiest thing for me is having to be like, okay, so I went into this appointment pregnant and now I'm walking out of it, not pregnant. And I was just completely devastated. You know, the doctor it kind of explained it all and ran it ran through it. My husband, I felt so bad. You know, he was like, his name is Ryan. And he was like, did we do anything wrong? Did I do anything wrong? You know, and the doctor was reassuring saying, no, you guys didn't do anything wrong. This is just, this is very common and very natural uh, in a lot of women for their first pregnancy. And, you know, so we just walked out of there. Well, let me, let me backtrack. So the doctor now gives us some options, like I think most doctors do. Uh, they say, you know, you can wait till your body you know, kind of discharges everything naturally, or you can have a DNC. We can schedule a DNC to remove everything. She didn't recommend that per se, because she just said it's a little more invasive for her liking right away, you know, especially a first miscarriage, just maybe let it happen on its own. Or she said the better option, which she recommended was to take the pill. I don't remember what the pill was called, but most women listening to this probably know what it, what it is, but <laughs> yeah. um, to just take that pill. And so we opted to take the pill. So, so April 2nd was a Tuesday. Um, my husband was actually having rotator cuff surgery that Saturday. So only a few days later. And the doctor was saying, why don't you 
bring your husband to his surgery and then, you know, Saturday, basically after you get home, take this pill so that, you know, cause I, I, you know, I'm, it's my husband. I'm going to, I'm the one taking him to this appointment. So, so to his surgery. And, uh, so we were, I was trying to figure out the best time to take it. Like obviously, well, not obviously, but I did want to take it right away because I wanted to kind of get the ball rolling, but I knew that I had to have my husband be a priority too and, you know, have his shoulder surgery. So he went, we took him to his surgery. We came home. He's obviously out of it. And then I take the pill. Um, and I'm thinking based off of what people are saying that it's going to be the worst period ever. It's going to be so bloody. It's going to be painful. And I was mentally preparing myself for that. But I didn't have that experience at all. Um, I barely bled. I didn't, I had maybe some cramping, I guess, when it first started, you know, the pill started to take effect, but I, it was not my, that was not my experience. Like everyone, like everyone said that it would be this horrible blood blast. And again, it was not my experience at all. So I was like, this is so weird. So, um, nothing really happened. We just kind of waited for the next, I think we had a, an appointment the following two weeks the next two weeks to see the doctor to do another internal sonogram so they can make sure that everything was clear. But so during that whole time, the two weeks, I was still, I was gradually bleeding like every single day, the bleeding never stopped. So I was like, this is so weird. You know, maybe this is just like my body taking its own time to do what it has to do. But we go two weeks uh, for the sonogram and they say everything like, looks good in relation for what they were looking for, you know, looking good, like everything was discharging of itself. And, you know, that I was where they thought I should be. So I'm like, okay, like, I guess everything is, meanwhile, like I'm saying this as if I was like perfectly fine during this whole time, but that's just because it's seven months later and I'm on the phone with you now. But during the time of it, I was a complete mess. It was unbearable. You know, you had to go back to work you had to literally like pretend like nothing happened. And mind you, we didn't tell anyone. I told maybe two people about this pregnancy right away. And, and then I think I ended up telling a few more people like as the appointment got closer because I was so excited, but I, we really didn't tell, we didn't tell our families. We, We told some friends, but we wanted to, this to be an exciting surprise for everyone. So we really didn't tell a lot of people. So uh, and actually, I forgot to say, so in the car ride home from that appointment on on um, April 2nd, I called my dad and me and my dad are very close. And I called him and in the same conversation, in the same breath, you're telling, I'm telling my dad I'm pregnant, but I just lost the baby. So that is the worst thing ever because that's just horrible. It's not, it's not good. It just is horrible to have to tell someone that you're pregnant, but also you lost the baby in the same breath. So I was crying. I was a wreck, but so now fast forward to, like I said, we're at, we're at the sonogram appointment, everything looking good. So I'm like, okay, like, I guess everything's fine. Like in what they're expecting. So a week after that, so now it's three weeks after I took this pill, me and my husband are going to the movies and I get out of the car and I'm like, oh my God, something is not right. I, I felt like a flood had come out of me. I was like, I was wearing black leggings and I, 
you know, it was like a Friday night movie or something. And I, I knew something wasn't right. So I went into the bathroom and I was at that point, I was a bloodbath. There was blood everywhere. I, I know this like sounds TMI for people, but I had looked in the toilet and there was this sack of just bloody mess. And then I realized, oh my God, like in that moment, I realized I'm just now losing everything. This was supposed to happen three weeks ago. So I basically took me three weeks to my body to excrete everything that it was supposed to three weeks earlier. So basically that whole time, you know, I'm, I was still, the doctor recommended to still take pregnancy tests to see like the line go down to make sure that everything was going appropriately. And so I was still taking tests during that time frame before I lost everything. And Which is traumatizing in itself, don't you think? Yeah, because like you're seeing supposed- a positive pregnancy test. I mean, like, but I'm not pregnant. <laughs> exactly. It's it was it's such a mind fuck. It really, really the whole thing about it is such a mind game. And it's so that's like what I was saying before too. It's one minute you're pregnant and the next you're not. You know, mm-hmm. the doctor's like, you can go drink, you can go eat whatever you want, and and I'm like, but I still have a baby in me. But it, like the whole thing is just really, really, really crazy. Mm-hmm. And, but yeah, so I was taking all these tests and everything was coming back. The line was stronger than ever, darker than ever. So I knew basically for three weeks after I was told I had a non-living baby in me or, you know, embryo that I was still pregnant. And like, yes, it's just, it is crazy. And um, so eventually... My, I, I was going for regular blood work too. To, they were following my levels, making sure that all my levels were going down. And it probably took about a full month from when I was told I, was, I had a missed miscarriage on April 2nd to pretty much like early May uh, for really like the actual embryo to the stack to leave my body and for pregnancy tests to start saying negative and for my levels to reach neg- negative five. And So it was like a crazy month of having to do with this. You know, I had a miscarriage, but it's hard to like pinpoint a date that you had the miscarriage because the whole thing was just a whole month's worth of craziness. And I don't even remember how I stayed sane, but you just, I don't know, you just get through the days as best as you can. And, and that's really it. So that happened. And then pretty much for the last, seven months has been emotional hell. It's been torture having to see because I'm 30. And, you know, when I miscarried in early April, there was several holidays that had happened. There was Easter, there was Mother's Day, there was Father's Day, there was July 4th. And I've noticed that a lot of women, um, because they're excited, they use holidays as a platform day to post on social media about their pregnancy announcements. So, and again, I'm at that age where everyone I feel like is just getting pregnant. It's kind of funny how life works. You know, I was at that age where everyone was getting engaged and then buying a house and getting married. And now we're on like the pregnancy phase, but it, it was, it's just torture. It's literally torture because you are, and keep in mind, my best friend now is still having a healthy pregnancy. It was really hard for us to connect because I talked to her about everything, but in the beginning, I felt like I really couldn't because I didn't want to take her happiness away from her first healthy pregnancy and mine 
was not the same experience. So she is my, my support system. You know, she is everything to me. And, and even though she's never experienced a miscarriage, she really, really went through it with, with me. We had a little bit of hurdles to get through. We had some conversations, you know, where I felt like I couldn't talk to her, but that was my own feelings. And she was like, Christina, you can talk to me about anything, you know? And, and I really trusted in her, you know, and we, we really got through everything. But just like I said, for those six months, it was crazy hell because everyone and everyone is announcing their pregnancy announcements on social media, watching my friend get, you know, further and further along pregnant. You know, she's very petite, so her belly just grew, like, very quick. And it was really hard. It was really, really hard. That's even, like, an understatement. It was just excruciating. And to have to see all these people around you get pregnant. And then uh, my cousin got pregnant. My husband's cousin got pregnant. Uh, my other good friend got pregnant. It was literally just like one after the other. And I, I had felt like I was just being slapped in the face every single time. And the reality is that you are incredibly happy for these women because they're people that you love and they're close to you. But you are so sad because every single time you see someone close to you get pregnant, it's just a constant reminder that you are not pregnant. And, and the trauma that you went through. And, and you're just really incredibly sad. You're just sad for yourself. And it's like having a pity party, like, for, I don't know, six months. Or, and I'm only referencing six months, seven months, because here we are now. It's seven months ago. So, mm -hmm. um, but I started therapy. I started going to therapy. That really helped me. My husband, so... I'll kind of give you like my husband's side of this every of his perspective of everything. A lot of women I've heard have say, said this, but he was supportive and I love him so much, but he's he just thinks very black and white. He's like, "Okay, well, we don't have a baby anymore, so let's just put that in the past and continue to try to have a baby." You know, and he did, he was supportive, but but in his own way, you know, he didn't really want to talk to me that much about it and because he didn't really know what to say. And like I said, he wasn't, it was just his, he's very black and white and I'm very gray. There's a lot of feelings that happen. And he was very like, okay, we lost a baby, like pick up and move on. And I'm mm -hmm. like, uh, does it doesn't work like that for me, like at all. I'm experiencing this grief, like hard and strong. Mm-hmm. So we came. I went through point. the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I imagine. I feel I've heard you talk about that. I've heard a lot of other women talk about it, and it's, you know, the husbands are trying what they can, but I don't know. I feel like most men in general are not. I don't know, just super, super emotional. Especially like we have that maternal instincts, and we're the ones that got pregnant. You know, mm -hmm. so he kept, he kept on referring to everything as me. You know, you having a miscarriage, you getting pregnant. And I was like, honey, this is us. Like we, this is a team and we got pregnant and we had a miscarriage, but he just didn't really view it that way. Mm -hmm. And so that was really weird for me because you're supposed to be able to re rely on your husband. And, and honestly, after a certain point, you know, he's going to listen to this and kill me that I said this, but <laughs> he, he kind of like stopped wanting me to talk about it, you know? And and this was just how he was handling it because I, it was constantly coming up for me. I wanted to talk about it all the time. 
And it got to a point where we were arguing a little bit because he was like, I can't hear this anymore. He's like, there's nothing we can do. Like, you know, he's just very problem solving. And it's like, there's, there's nothing we can do. Like you have to move on. And so, like I said, it caused us to bicker a little bit. So actually he came to two sessions with me of my therapy, which was really helpful because my therapist was able to, you know, kind of lay it out there of both sides and how we were both thinking and feeling. And, and I just wanted him to hear me. You know, I didn't, every single time I, I think what the core issue was is that he wanted to fix what was happening. And what every single time I was talking about it and and wanted an ear, you know, someone to hear me, I, he thought he needed to fix it. And I didn't need him to fix it because I logically know there's no fixing it. It's just time that was needed or it still is needed. But, and I just wanted him to hear me. I just wanted him to understand my feelings, understand that it's hard, understand that this is really sad and this is a huge trauma. And yes. I, I am like head nodding. I'm like, "Uh uh-huh. My husband and I, we were the exact same way. Let me ask you this. So my husband, he, one thing that used to just like, I'll be honest, it was not supportive at all in this way. Yeah. That's like (laughs) kind of what I'm really saying, but not saying that. Yeah. Yeah. Like you don't want to say that, but it's true. But he, if somebody said something that offended me or I was like, gosh, why are people saying this stuff? Or like if, if something triggered me in any way, he would almost like take their side. Not that there's like sides, but it's like he was trying to rationalize is what he was doing. And I was like, I just need you to hear me out. I don't need you to like tell me that like their way of thinking is right. <laughs> no, you're, you're, I totally see that. That's, yeah kind of how we were too, you know, like, cause also too, mind you. So what added to the living hell over the last, you know, seven months is that we've been married now for a year and a half and every single person, I feel like people on the street ask us when we're having babies, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's our, my in-laws, um, my side of the family, you know, Obviously, my really, really, really close friends know what was happening, but you know those ex- extended friends that you don't see all the time. And I just felt like everyone kept on asking us. So he would come home um, and tell me we had like a breaking point because he came home and told me that his parents. Uh, he stopped by his parents' house and his parents asked him. And I was kind of I don't know. I, I had hit a point where I was like, Why does everyone have to keep asking us? Like mind your own freaking business. Like stop asking women when they're having babies. And I like really reacted strongly to what he told me. And he was like, you need to chill out. And I was like, no, this is bullshit. Like (laughs) people have to stop asking. Like so many women are going through this. This is just crazy. And you know, who do these people think they are just asking us when we're going to have, you know, have a baby. And my husband's like, Christina, like, they're like, everyone's excited. And they, they, you know, we've been married for a decent amount of time. And I'm like, that doesn't mean anything. Like, you know, so it's just, I reacted really strongly to it. And that at that breaking point is, is when we started doing our, we went to therapy twice together because my husband's like, whoa, like I can't take this anymore. And, <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, I can't take you anymore. You know, so I always say, I totally understand why marriages fail after miscarriage. <laughs> like I completely I, no, get I can it. actually see that. And, 
I mean, me and my husband, we love each other dearly. So yeah, it, and he, again, he means the world and he tries in his own way to be supportive, but he's not a very emotional person. And mm-hmm. He just super normal. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And my therapist said that too, which was really nice, you know, and I knew that it was just really hard because, because, you know, we, you just have like a small circle of who you can tell and who really, really yes. understands, you know? And I don't think and I wanted my talk husband. about that enough, you know? Oh yeah. Like, no. Cause I feel like everyone's always like, my husband was my support system. My husband was, and some are like, don't get me wrong. Um, but, like, then it just, like, makes us women who, like, didn't have that feel like shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm like, oh, uh, well, my husband wasn't like that, so that's great. <laughs> yeah. And, no, it was hard. It was really, really a struggle for us. And, you know, we, we worked through a lot of it. We're still working through a lot of it. Um, but I'm healing in my own way, you know. And, like I said, the grief is – it's strong and it's really just – not and I, by no means am I over it at all. Um, mm-hmm. I'm still grieving, you know, very, very much, but um, it's gotten better, I can say, you know, like I'm able to see my best friend. And like I said, she's, she's actually being induced next week because she's had some high risk um, stuff going on. But she, looking at her pretty much the ent- her entire pregnancy has been a constant reminder of exactly where I would have been. I was a week behind her. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and she asked me to um, help coordinate her baby shower, which of course I wanted to. I love her. And, you know, she at every point of the stage of the game, you know, she was like, Christina, if you don't want to do this, like, please tell me. Um, and of course I, I needed to do it. You know, it was my friend, my best friend, and I, and I did it. And it was just, it's hard, but I really tried to separate myself. Like this is her life and this is my life and, you know, plan a nice party for your friend. God damn it. Like do it, like do it well. <laughs> um, and I like to party plan. Like I like to plan so that I kind of focus on that too. Like I try not to think of it as a baby shower of like, you know, I tried to just think about like it was a party um, mm-hmm. that I was planning kind of thing. But um, it, things with my, my friend got better, you know, it was easier and easier to see her each time, you know, she was going through her own journey. So it was nice to hear her and her, see her be happy. And, um, you know, and like I said, she had some compli- like high risk complications throughout her pregnancy. So I was trying to be there for her too. You know, we really learned to grow with each other and we, we just like me and her and just like me and my husband, like we really all came out stronger because of it. But so for basically that six months, I, I wanted to post on social media. I know it sounds crazy because I'm like, who am I? I'm some random girl from Long Island, New York. Uh, You know, it's not like I'm this big social media influencer, but I just felt like I had a huge weight on my shoulder and on my shoulders. And I wanted to just post it because there was, even though we told a few people about it, there was still a ton of people that still to this day, you know, today have no idea of what we went through and we just live our life and we smile through it. And, you know, there's a lot of people that don't know. And this has really formed who I am. You know, I've had a few, I lost my mom at a younger age and now I've been through this. And these are, these are life changing things. They're really altering who you are, how I view the world, how it's part of who I am now. And 
so I really wanted to like tell everyone. I feel like I'm holding in this really bad secret. I don't, I don't know yeah. if like ba- bad's the right word, but it's just, I'm holding in this secret of something that makes me who I am. And so that's why when I reached out to you, I wanted to be on the show. I heard that, you know, once you told kind of the world, whoever's listening to this, that it's a, it's a source of healing. And I want to be able, because let me tell you, so shortly after I miscarried, I had no other option, but because like I said, my husband wasn't there all that much. My friend, my friend Allie was there. Um, but she was also going through her own journey of a healthy pregnancy. And I didn't want to rely on her too much. Cause like when I say I wanted to talk about this, I wanted to talk about this all the time. It was like, I just want, it made me feel better when I talked about it. I also have a good friend named Tara who she's about to pop too. She was one of the girls that got pregnant two weeks before me. And, um, she's actually been really helpful too, because she had a miscarriage as well. So she's been phenomenal with helping me through it. But all these people, you know, they're going on to have little babies in their life. And, you know, so I listened to, I Googled, simply Googled like miscarriage podcast and yours came up and I started listening from the get-go and well, at least the get-go from when my story happened. But, and I can't even tell you the sense of community that I felt. And I don't know any of these women. I've never talked to them in my life, but I would listen to you guys every day on the way to work or even sometimes during work. Um, And I just, I would be yelling at like my radio or wherever the podcast was coming through. I'd be like, me too, me too. Like, that's me. Yes, yes, yes. You know, because I really, really felt connected to these women. And that's actually a big reason too why I wanted to be on this because yes, I'm not some big like social media influencer, but I'm still a woman who had a miscarriage and it's been fucking hell like Mm -hmm. going through this. And I wanted to tell my story. And I've actually reached out to two women that were on your podcast because their stories resonated with me so much. And they were both really sweet. And they, you know, I messaged on them on Instagram and we were just like chatting quickly and, you know, and they were both like, I'm here for you, girl, if you need anything. So I just, I just had to like do a shout out to you, Shelly, and a thank you because this was you even forming this podcast and, and having an outlet for me to listen to, because as we all know, like no one really talks about miscarriages and a lot of people, as much as they want to understand, they don't. And, and that's like another thing too. So it's really so crazy annoying how people will say things that they think are supportive, but it's not supportive at all. And, you know, you know that they mean, they're trying to mean well, but because they've never experienced it, um, it's actually so annoying when people are like, well, at least, you know, you can get pregnant or at least it was early on or like, just try again next month. You know, it's just like, so it just, it almost like discounts your grief, you know, it's, you're like, okay, great. Like, I know I can get pregnant and I know there's a lot of women out there that can't, but you know, this is still my story and I'm allowed to feel sad and I'm allowed to have grief. And so uh, it's just crazy. Like how society people think that they're helping and things that they're I saying. know, but <laughs> it's, it's like, no, actually that's not it. Yeah. 
I know. It's, you know? It is. It's, it's, it's insane. And it's, it's crazy because I always say that I probably was one of those people. I, uh, I probably was too, honestly. Like, I, yeah. I used to ask people all the time when they were going to have a baby. I used to mm-hmm. – um, and then, like, I'm telling you, after that, my thought process on everything has shifted. I'm like, I will never ask another woman in my life unless right. she's, like, super close to me. Um, yeah. Like, I'm, I will never ask anyone because now being through what I went through, you just really know – you really, really don't know what people are going through behind closed doors. And like I said, for the last seven months, I've put on a smile as best as I can, and there's a ton of people out there that have no idea what I've been through. You know, close people to me. A lot of people don't know. And so that kind of brings me to, you know, the month of October. So last month – um, it was obviously a pregnancy and infant loss awareness month. And I had typed up this whole long thing in my notes on my phone to want to post on October 15th, since that's specifically, you know, pregnancy and infant loss awareness day. Um, and I was like, I'm going to put it out there. I'm going to put my story out there. I'm going to do it. Um, but I don't know. I just, I didn't have the balls to do it. I. I couldn't, well, I just, I don't know. I just like was still so scared. And that's why like, I'm really grateful that I'm, I'm here. And I don't know, you know, who of me that like people that I'm close with will listen to this, you know, who will actually, actually hear it that I'm close to, um, you know, so I don't know if they'll know what happened to me, you know, unless I do decide to say something, but I really, it was so, I, I just feel like I'm holding on to this big secret and yeah. So now, so now, like, there's, I know that was, like, a long part one of my story. I'll quickly talk about part two. So there's, like, <laughs> a, um, for, like I said, for the last six months, month after month after month, you're getting a negative pregnancy test, and it's just, and I'm going to st- say that I know that six months is not a very long time to try to get pregnant. I know some women spend years doing it. You know, I don't want people to think I'm not understanding that, you know, six months is not a very long time, but when you're living it and month after month, and it's, it's all a waiting game, it sucks the waiting. And, you know, month after month, it was just, you just, you're heartbroken every single time. You're so disappointed. It's, it's like, okay, that's negative again. Like, let's try to talk myself back to, it's only a few more weeks again, so we can try and this and that. But so the month of October is like, was really big for me because it had been uh, the 15-year mark that my mom had passed away, which was a significant year because she died when I was 15. So it was, um, and I know some people are like, how are these connected? But I'll get there. And so she, uh, so she was only on this earth for as long, you know, this year she had only been on this earth for as long as I knew her, you know, for 15 years and it's her 15-year anniversary. So I was talking to my mom a lot, you know, I don't really talk to her but I'm like, I just sit in places and like talk out loud. And I'm like, mom, if you can hear me. Um, so that was a big thing that it was 15 years. October 1st is her birthday. So on October 1st, uh, I had opened one of my windows in my house and there was this beautiful monarch butterfly sitting there. And I was like, okay, like that's butterflies are around, but this butterfly stood, it's not stood, but it sat on my window for like four hours as we were sitting on the couch and I was like, this is weird. Like the butterfly moved too. it, like moved from spot to spot. So I knew it wasn't like stuck. 
but um I like I just after a while I knew it was my mom you know so I was talking to this butterfly and my husband's like you're talking to a butterfly and I was like yeah I know leave me alone like go to the other go to the other room but um I kept on asking my mom I was like mom like I know that my my mother wherever she may be her soul is I'm heaven whatever you know people choose to believe in but I just, I was talking to her because I was like, if you can help me like get pregnant here, you know, like, you know, I'm really, really, really dying for this. Um, I, you know, I was really just asking for her guidance uh, just to keep faith and to keep hope that I will get pregnant. But I put a lot of emphasis, like I said, on the month of October. And uh, I realized that, you know, my mom had given birth to me at the age of 31. And if I got pregnant in October, that I will also give birth to my a baby at the age of 31. And so it was just like, a, it was a big year. Um, it's also a big month, shall I say. It was also kind of funny because I'm in the, I was in the middle of switching jobs and I currently don't have health insurance. So we, um, we, me and my husband were not going to pay for health insurance unless I got pregnant. You know, we had to pay for Cobra, which is, I don't know if that's like a nationwide thing, but it's something yeah. that we, okay. Um, I think it is. Yeah. Okay. So people at least know what that means, but it's like just interim insurance. Um, but it's expensive as shit. It's like really, really expensive for two months just for me. And I took out dental. It was like 1600 bucks or something like that. Um, so my husband was like, we're not paying for it, you know, unless you do get pregnant. So there was the week that there was a week in early October that I I tested early, you know, we were trying, I was waiting. And then, you know, we tested early, like they say, you could test six days early. And for basically that whole week, it was my tests were negative. And I was like, great, like, I really, 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 really wanted to get pregnant this month. I had all these signs, you know, that it would be a special month to get pregnant with my mom's anniversary. And it would just be like a sweet gesture kind of thing. Granted, I wanted to get pregnant every single month prior but I just put like a lot of emphasis on this month. Um, so we had a wedding October 12th. Uh, my husband was in it. It was for one of his cousins. And I, I was supposed to get my period that day. And I just randomly decided to take a test. I was like, okay, well, I haven't got my period yet. And, you know, I'm talking to myself as the test is doing its thing. I'm like, okay, Christina, if it's not, it's been negative this whole week. It's probably going to be negative. It's okay. You know, you can do this. You can get through it. And then I look at the test and the test was freaking positive. And I was like, holy shit. I, I'm telling you, I was shaking. I was crying. My husband was out getting us breakfast before the wedding. I could not, I was losing my shit. I could not keep it together. So my husband gets home. I tell him he didn't believe me, you know, cause he's like, based off of what you've been through and you tested negative this week, he's like, go take another one. So I took another one and I showed him and, and we got pregnant and that was only last month. So, um, I called the doctor. I was elated. You know, I was so excited. Um, I faked my way through that wedding drinking, you know, and no one, I don't think knew. Um, it was, you know, very close. It was all of my husband's family so and we're all we all like to you know socially drink so it was a lot of a pressure during that day so we actually paid the bartender 20 bucks in advance <laughs> that if ever I, I went up with someone that he would give me like quote-unquote cranberry vodka but it was cranberry seltzer um because I didn't want to have to you know if I went up with one of like our 
something that I didn't want to have to be like, can I have cranberry vodka? Cause they, yeah. you know, they would have been like, come on, like have a drink, you know? So uh, the bartender was really great. You know, it was, it was such a weird feeling being at this wedding, knowing I was pregnant. I like, I was so excited and I didn't, I didn't tell anyone besides um, Allie and my friend Tara, um, the two people that I've been leaning on a lot, you know, throughout this whole journey and obviously my husband. But so we, that Monday rolls around, it was Columbus Day weekend. And um, I thought the offices would be closed on Columbus Day because it's a kind of a holiday, but they were open and I managed to get an appointment for this past Wednesday. Because the doctors always say, you know, if, you, if you've been through a miscarriage, they'll see you a little bit earlier than, than last time, you know, earlier than eight weeks. So I go and here I am, you know, based off of my period being early September and this being, uh, we found out we were pregnant when we did, you know, I had thought um, that we were about six weeks pregnant. I would have been six weeks pregnant five days when I went into that appointment. Um, now, so keep in mind too, ever since I had the miscarriage, whenever I would track my ovulation, it was always a week behind what the apps would say it was. So, you know, everyone uses their apps on their phone based on input when you got your period and then it will tell you when you're ovulating. So, but I've also, I was doing that on top of using ovulation sticks. So the ovulation sticks, I trusted more, you know, because that's, like what's coming out of my body per se. Um, but so I trusted the ovulation six more. The ovulation six say I didn't ovulate till a week after my app said. So I had thought like a little bit in the back of my mind that maybe I'm not actually six weeks, five days pregnant because I didn't conceive, you know, when uh, I guess I quote unquote would have if I was six weeks pregnant, six weeks, five days pregnant. So that's just like a piece of information that will tie it all together. But so we go to the appointment, we're on the sonogram table and you know, the sonogram tech is doing her own thing. It was like extremely triggering because I, I couldn't even like get through that day. Nonetheless, the week of waiting, but getting through the day of the appointment was, it was so hard just to stay calm because last time, you know, I went and it was not good news, you know? So just to like be on the table again was really scary. and. Um, so the, the tech is saying, she's like, okay, well, here is the gestational stack. And I was like, okay. And then she's like, but there's nothing in it. And I'm like, oh my God, what do you mean there's nothing in it? Like, what does that mean? And she's like, I honestly think that you're earlier pregnant than you think you are. I don't think that you're actually like six weeks and five days. And I'm like, okay. Um, that could be true, you know, because I, like I said, I knew that I ovulated a week later. So maybe I was only like five-ish weeks pregnant or whatnot. And she's like, she basically was super optimistic and was like, you are pregnant. The sac is up high on the uterus, which is where it's supposed to be. You know, they said if it's a little bit lower, then that's more of an indication of a miscarriage. Um, this, the sac is a good round or whatever shape there was no really abnormalities with that and uh she felt really optimistic she said I think this is going to be really good she's like but I really can't confirm that you have a viable pregnancy because I guess you know the way that it works is you develop this gestational sac 
and then you're supposed to develop the yolk, which I guess is like the actual embryo growing, and then will come the fetal pole um, after. So she said, I really just think you're early pregnant, you're earlier than you expected, and I really think this will turn into a good pregnancy for you, a healthy, viable pregnancy. And I was like, okay, and like that was it. So then we went downstairs to go see the doctor. Um, we had to wait like literally two hours because they were so backed up. Um, and it was torture because I'm now starting to spiral out. I'm thinking all the worst things. All I could think of in my brain is that there was nothing in the sack. And, you know, my husband was like, hold on. Like, were we not in the same room together? He was like, you're just early. Like you're earlier than you thought. And development wise, there would be nothing in the sack this early. You know, that's what the tech said. And, um, but I'm just, I'm going down a rabbit hole, you know, as I'm sitting in this waiting room and I'm thinking all the worst things and all these women are coming in from upstairs with sonogram pictures and I wasn't given any pictures and I'm like looking at all these women smiling and looking at their photos and I'm just like, oh my God, like put your freaking photos away. You know, like I'm, I'm excited for these random women, but I'm just like, please, like I'm, I'm going down a rabbit hole here. I don't want to see you looking at your pictures when I wasn't given any pictures. Um, and it was just, the whole thing was just really triggering because I just went back to what happened last time. You know, I know it wasn't the exact same situation and the text seemed optimistic, but I was just like, there was nothing in there. That's not good. And, you know, again, my husband was like, Christina, we're, it's fine. Like you're just earlier than you thought. So finally we get to see the doctor and the doctor is also really optimistic. The doctor's like, Christina, I know that you're really scared, but you're pregnant. Like you're treat this as a pregnancy. Like you are pregnant. She said, I think you're just earlier than you think, which happens all the time. Um, she said, especially if you're telling me that you didn't ovulate for a week, you think you didn't ovulate for a week after, you know, the app said you should. Um, she's like, it's perfectly common to think that you're this far long, far along, but you're not just because it's so early, you know? And she, she really said development wise, we're where we should be. She said, um, and at this point, I'm like hysterically crying now because I don't know, I just couldn't get into a good headspace about it. I was just really negative. I just like, we're going to have another miscarriage. This is bad. This is really bad. And the doctor was really trying to be reassuring. You know, she said, there are a few, I need to tell you the few options that it could be. She's like, even though I don't agree with any of these options, I do think that you're going to go on to have a healthy, viable pregnancy. She says, it's just, we can't confirm it right now because there's not actually the yolk in the sack yet. Um, she's like, but you do have a sack, you know, which is obviously good to get pregnant. You need, you have to have, you know, you're only pregnant if you have a sack. And she's like, you're on your way to a good, healthy pregnancy. She said, I'll always tell women that it could end up in a miscarriage because nothing is certain. And she said it could be an ectopic pregnancy, which she doesn't think is the case. Um, or, you know, she said it would be a healthy, viable pregnancy. So our game plan, and mind you, this was only like half a week ago. So our game plan was to make a week follow-up, week sonogram to hope and see the yolk because if things are progressing, she says things progress really quickly this early, you know, in a matter of a day or two, things could be um, growing super quick. So, you know, yes, a yolk could be here in a week. And so she said, let's follow up with your blood work. Um, go every two days until basically Wednesday. 
and we'll make sure that your levels are rising. So she's like, unfortunately, we won't be able to tell you any news until Monday because, so that appointment was Wednesday, Thursday morning, I woke up at the ass crack of dawn and I went to the lab, got lab works, uh, blood work done. She said that they won't call me with Thursday's results because that's like just my baseline per se. And I guess all women could have different levels as early on. She says, as long as it's not below five, which I guess is not a viable pregnancy, then they'll have no issues and they won't call. And then she said, go back Saturday because the blood work on Saturday is going to really test to see if your levels went up from Thursday. And because everyone's closed on Sunday, she said, you know, the earliest you can call us would be Monday to get the tests, uh, you know, the results to see if your um, levels have increased. So that really leads me to today. Like, here we are. We're waiting to see if this is a viable pregnancy or not. And I'm trying, like, really, really, really hard to stay positive and you know, basically like all signs have led to that this will be healthy. It's just literally impossible not to compare, you know, my last pregnancy to this one and think that it's going to end in, in a miscarriage. And I know that a lot of women go on to have healthy pregnancies after their first miscarriage, but it's also too, reality is, you know, I've, when I've listened to your podcast and you yourself, Shelly, you know, it's, I've heard a lot of people say that they had two, three, four miscarriages. And that just scares the shit out of me because I don't know, am I going to be part of that statistic or not? And, and here we are. So I'm patiently waiting for Monday to try to get some good news, but it's just, it's all, it's just all of it, everything, the whole journey from you know, getting pregnant in February to now, it's just been such a crazy whirlwind. And I don't know. It's just, it's so traumatizing. Everything is so scary. You know, my girlfriend Tara was, you know, she I had mentioned she had a miscarriage and then now she has a healthy pregnancy. You know, she said the second time you get pregnant after a miscarriage, it's just absolutely terrifying. You know, you're never going to trust that anything is safe until I don't know. I don't even know when. I guess I think until, until you hold it, the baby. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I, I really think that's probably it. But yeah, I don't know. So, oh my I gosh. Hope, well, congrats. Well, thank you. It just doesn't yeah. feel like that, you know. You know, yeah. it's like mm-hmm. I know that I'm pregnant, and I'm trying to just focus on Christina. You're freaking pregnant. Like this is what you want. Yeah. You know, you're you're pregnant, but it's just my brain is just not my mindset is just not in the right headspace. You know, I'm, I'm literally yeah. terrified. Oh yeah. I mean, rightfully so. Um, did you even cringe a little bit when I said congrats? Cause like, I know I did when people would say it. <laughs> um, that moment was like super quick right there. I didn't really like have a second to think about it. Cause <laughs> I'm trying to like focus on that, that I am pregnant, you know, like for six yeah. months I was like, hating the world that I was not pregnant and I was so resentful to the world about everything, you know, um, how come everyone else can have this, but mine was taken away. And, you know, and now I'm like happy, I'm genuinely happy that I even got pregnant again, but it's just, yeah, everything is just terrifying about it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I think a lot of us can relate to that. It's very, 
And then, and then there's the waiting game too. You know what I mean? Like right now you're waiting. Yeah. Well, that's why it was funny. The timing was really funny that you had told me that I could be on this weekend because I really feel like it was, this is like really therapeutic for me to be able to just have a conversation with another woman who's had some of the same history as me and eventually, you know, other, you know, other women will hear this and it being, uh, I don't know. It's just, it is therapeutic for me. Like the timing of it was really coincidental, you know, that out of all the times for you to say, come on, you know, it was now. So, well, yeah, I I mean, you're thinking about it all weekend. You might as well talk about it, right? (laughs) Yeah, no, exactly. So I'm hoping on Monday they say that my levels have at least increased and then that's a good sign. And then we'll go next week. And, but yeah, well, you'll have to keep me posted. I will. I will. Um, yes. Thank yeah. you. Shoot me a message. But if you had, I always ask this, if you had yes. one piece of advice for somebody in a similar situation, what would it be? Um, gosh, there's like so much advice. I would first, I don't know. I feel like maybe if I had to tell someone else advice, like I feel like the way I handled my first pregnancy I kept everything a secret from people that I loved, you know, again, I only told a few close friends, but I didn't tell any of my family. And I feel like I, my advice would be if you're comfortable with it, tell people that are close to you because they, it's really, you're living in this lonely world of uncertainty and, you know, and then, you know, when I had the miscarriage, it's, everything is so incredibly lonely. So when you do, tell people it does help you with your sense of community um so i guess that would be like my first piece of advice is if you're comfortable with it tell people that you're comfortable with telling obviously people that you know would support you um and the, a really a second piece of advice is i like threw myself even though on the outside i wasn't like super out there with that i had a miscarriage like a lot of people didn't know like internally, I was doing a ton of, not even internally, but in my own world, I was completely engulfing myself in the miscarriage community. You know, I was listening to all these podcasts. I was reaching out to women I've never met or talked to in my life. Um, I was following all these things on social media about miscarriage awareness and life after miscarriage. So I guess just what really helped me get through it was just knowing that in the world there is a community that's surrounded, you know, by miscarriage. So engulf yourself in that, whatever that means to you, but definitely do something that will help you go through it because, or get through it because going through it alone is, it's, it's torture. So, Mm -hmm. so that, Yeah. yeah, talk, talk to people in any which way you want to. And listen to what you need to like you know podcast wise or this or that and and just trust that there's other women out there and you don't have to necessarily be alone yeah absolutely and now if somebody wants to reach out to you is instagram the best way yeah okay so i'll go ahead i'll go ahead and i'll link your instagram in the description of this episode and you guys reach out it truly is like so healing to just chat with other women who get it because um, the people closest to us don't always like they're there, but they're not, they're not there the same way that we like need them to be. It, does that make sense? That sounds kind of bad. No, you're but. absolutely <laughs> correct. You know, like I said, I have, 
I had a few people that really, not, you know, were my support system, but, and they gave me great, not even advice, but they were there and supportive, but it's, I'm telling you, it was, it took a lot of courage for me. I, there was two people on your podcast that I was like, oh my God, that's my story. Like I need to tell them how much their story resonated with me. And I literally just picked up my phone, found their handles on Instagram and messaged them. And within, you know, a short period of time, they both messaged me back and they were both so sweet. And it is like, if any, if anyone needs anyone to talk to, you know, it's, it, we all know it so much better and we all really know what exactly what everyone's going through. So yeah, Mm -hmm. you're right. Yep. All right. Well, thank you so much, Christina, for jumping on and sharing your story and good luck on Monday. Again, keep me posted. I will. Thank you so much, Shelly. Okay. We'll talk soon. All right. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend who could find it useful or share it on your Instagram stories. Tag myself, tag my guest so that we can personally thank you. This is a lamb fam, you guys. We're not in this alone. We're creating this ripple effect together.